What's your favorite scary movie? LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real life crime or events, and if the movie is worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm L. I'm Kate. Hello. I love how you almost said I'm still twenty something, thriving in that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. We're we're fitting this one that one in. Nothing can top uh, the covenant last year, but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Pride Month movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Here I am still just obsessed as ever with Sebastian Stan, but that's for another time. Um, so do we want to talk about it all or mention what we originally were going to do or just leave that as a, that's for us to know? Oh, we can probably, we can talk about it. Why not? We'll talk, we initially were going to do, I picked this Andy Warhol produced film, Blood for Dracula, and Elle and I had not, neither of us had seen it. And we both just like logged on, we're like, I don't know what the fuck to say about this movie. <laughs> and we thought that that wouldn't be very interesting for y'all. So we decided to pick something else. And I was, especially I was putting so much pressure on it being Prime Month. And I was like, I want something fucking gay, goddammit. And I was just, I thought about beef. I thought about <laughs> beef. Because how can you not think about beef in this time, in these times? Um, so I was like, wait, Elle, have you ever seen Fan of the Paradise? No. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, so that's how this happened. This... Oh no, my camera just went out because I clapped. Really? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you're back. No, nope. you're gone. Oh, up, oh, up, oh, up. Oh. <laughs> well, anyways, I'll keep trying to do this while I talk. But anyways, um, so this is one of my favorite movies, like forever. I, because I've, a, I'm a theater kid, which means I've always loved Phantom of the Opera. And I think, like, my mom showed this to me. I remember seeing, like, a VHS at the video store. And she's like, okay, you'd love this. Like, even then, she knew I was a little freak. Um, so it's the way I pitch it to people. It's So it's this kind of cult classic am- among the... People are putting it among the rakes kind of with Rocky Horror. It was a year before. Important to note. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a combo of Phantom of the Opera mixed with Faust in, like, the 70s, like, music industry. So this... Uh, songwriter Winslow Leach is writing this cantata. He's discovered by this music mogul Swan, who wants to, who steals his work and like frames him, leaves him for dead basically, so that he can steal his music and open it at the Paradise. Later, he when he tries to exact his revenge, he sets him up for a contract that's actually uh, more diabolical than it seems. And all the meantime, he wants this ingenue Phoenix to be his voice which Swan also doesn't agree with because he, he doesn't want anyone to be perfect but him. So he puts her like with the, in the, in the chorus instead. So, um, first thoughts on this L. I feel like it's so, I, I showed this to Xander for the first time last year. We got to see it at the new bed, but I'm like, I know that this is just like a lot. I, I, I can't imagine seeing this for the first time. I don't even remember like how long it's been. So thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. I had such a good time Yay! watching it. <laughs> good. Uh, it was it was so good. Like, what did you like about it? I love that, <laughs> like the fact that Swan is like the everyone is just like so adoring over this music producer who never gets photographed by anybody. Um, yeah. But he's like 
the legend of the music industry at this moment. Um, and he like hides in the shadows when they're when people are like performing or rehearsing on stage in like this like upper mm-hmm. um, like theater seat. He like hides in this like doorway so you, like even they don't see him. Um, so just to make him more mysterious, and it's like he's just this little guy. <laughs> Just a little guy. Just little like, guy. Wait, are you implying that he's the real Phantom? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if, guys, what if, oh. um, Yeah, I didn't think about that. I mean, it's definitely a comment on, like, celebrity even back then. And, like, it's using the idea of selling your soul as, like, like quite literally in, in terms of the entertainment industry and the music industry and, like, what young artists are put through. There's lots of, there's, like, this commentary on, like, casting couch culture in a very heightened way when you see like the audition that phoenix has to go through where she immediately runs out and it's like that wasn't an audition at all that kind of thing <laughs> um they talk about like they and like the lifetime contract of it all that <laughs> the yeah um what am i gonna say so uh I think a big, we can't talk about this without talking about Paul Williams, because he's such a huge part of it. Um, so this was, by the way, written and directed by Brian De Palma. It's one of his earlier works. He apparently doesn't really like to talk about this, but I'm like, no, let's talk about it, Brian. This is, <laughs> this is my favorite movie. What else have you even fucking made, man? Um, cause, uh, and, like, you see a lot of um, his little tricks and, like, uh, like director things that he does. Um that he'll use later on in his career, like the whole, like, the, the split screen thing, and, like, mm-hmm. there's a, there's always gotta be a Hitchcock reference in De Palma, so, like, a little <laughs> shower scene, that this, like, a psycho reference, but with a plunger <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a combo of that, and in the meanwhile, you have Paul Williams writing all the songs and starring as Swan. Um, I always think he's older than he is in this, but he was, like, 30. It's so, he's just a little man. He's just, he's, um so what what is your relationship if anything to paul williams like did you know who he was going into this his name was really familiar to me and i was looking up stuff about uh phantom of paradise and Mm -hmm. someone had like made like it was like a crack.com article that was like just literally (laughs) released yesterday about phantom of paradise (gasps) and they're still up yeah they're still oh my god go for them all right. Um, and uh, they put in this video from the TV, sh- the kids TV show, Dexter's Laboratory, and because Paul Williams' <laughs> character is like, and, and he looks like Swan, and, and I'm like, I remember ah! this episode. <laughs> so, the reference for the kids that the kids wouldn't get. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, and now it's just like, it culminates all these years later. Um, and like, and then I saw, oh, he's worked with the Muppets and stuff. Um, so oh yeah, that's like I thought that was so funny. It's kind of like when you like look back at all like the voice actors when you were younger on all the shows you watch. You're like Mark Hamill mm-hmm. again, and it's like just watch. yeah, it's like oh my god. Um, so uh, I know yeah, that's that, what that's what happened. Oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying uh, yeah, I kind of knew about him, but I would, I didn't know him like extensively. Okay. Yeah, I I asked because like that's. First of all, he could be known for like so many different things. He's done so much in his career, but also just because when I when I showed it to Xander, he leaned over like that thirty minutes and he's like, "Wait, I know that voice. Is that the fucking penguin?" Because <laughs> he played him in Batman the Animated Series, and I'm like, "It sure is." <laughs> That's another thing. But yeah, like he wrote music for a lot of like different like musicians in the like 
Carpenters, I don't even know, like, and, but also Muppet. That's the most important thing. He wrote the music for the Muppet movie. <laughs> I think that is the most important thing. And Muppet Christmas Carol, which is my personal fave. But I, it's always so fun to see this thing, to compare that to this and see, like, that she has the range and everything and, like, what an incredible songwriter is. And since he's mainly known for voice acting, to get to see him on screen playing this horrible little man <laughs> and it works i think he's very effective in it right i yes i i agree i thought he did a really good job being like kind of like this like sleazy guy but like he's enough that like people even if he is kind of sleazy sounding like with his contracts and stuff and like those the fucking huge contracts mm-hmm. that are like yeah boom huge like just send him and it makes a boom sound on your desk like, he's so famous that, like, despite it all, you want to get into like, share that spotlight with him. Or not even share the spotlight, yeah. but be in the presence of uh, such a person that has such an influence. And Yeah. He was in Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. I forgot about that. He was, oh, I'm sure he was. He was a baby <laughs> driver. He was. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he was, true. like, the butcher or something. I gotta... Oh I'd almost God. want to rewatch it just to spot him, but... Uh, yeah. No, it's so funny. And also, I know I just gotta jump to it real quick. Can we talk about the outfit that Winslow wears? Oh, yeah! The, ve- the like, the very, like, it's, I love it so much, because it's so simplistic, but it's, like, super effective. Like, it's all black, and he wears almost this bird-like mask. Yeah. Um, that I think definitely had some kind of, like, uh, fish eye lens or some kind of, like, enhancer, because it made his eyes look enormous. Even bigger um, than, out than of his, his left side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then his teeth from getting taken out, and they're, like, the silver teeth, and, mm-hmm. and his lips are all black and stuff from the, from what happened to him with the record-crushing incident and shit, and I'm just like, oh, he's just, like, this creepy-looking guy. It's, it's so effective, and I really love it. It's a look, for sure. It's a look. <laughs> it's I a mean, look. <laughs> I mean, some people even draw, like, this was, like, a this was pre-Star Wars, it's like, wait a minute, this guy in all black and a cape and, like, a breathing machine that helps him talk, wait a minute, and a helmet, wait a minute, like, people would be wait drawn. Like, the influences that you see in this movie, that, there's, like, even, I think this was pre-Kiss, you see, like, that makeup with the, the, the not, not, not anymore Juicy Fruits are wearing during Beef's performance, just shit like that, <laughs> where, like, you can, I, this is, like, this has such a cult following that, like, you're never surprised when you find out that, like, someone's a fan. Like, I know Edgar Wright's a big fan of this movie. I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> weirdo. <laughs> um, I do hope you get to see this in a theater sometime, not to sound like that L.A. snob, but, like, it was so <laughs> fucking fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, apparently they host it every October or something, and it's, like, really hard oh, to get tickets to. Oh, you gotta be on that. You gotta be on it. I also want to talk about Jessica Harper. I love the introducing Jessica Harper. So this must have been pre-Suspiria. This was like her first her breakout role. She also, speaking of Rocky Horror, was in the the sequel to that shock treatment, which I still haven't seen. Um, <laughs> but I fucking love her voice. Like, oh my, no wonder Winslow's like killing for her. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's not going to make sense if you don't like hear that voice and think that it's distinct and unique and like only someone's. I mean, he's also insane, but, like, you get yeah. it. Like, it, that one little scene that they have that has that has to go off of everything, I think, I think is effective in cells. I don't know how you felt about the little neat cute no. that never was. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was kind of a really 
like cute little mute cute because like he heard her voice and was like oh that sounds like perfect voice and then everything goes to hell so mm -hmm. like it would make sense that that would stick with him the most i guess out of like everybody he ever heard mm -hmm. uh in the entire line but it's so good i love it do you have I a favorite song voice. Have you downloaded the soundtrack yet? Have you? <laughs> Gotta got download the soundtrack. <laughs> um, God, I love it when Beef was performing in the red outfit. Yes! Like, that was just, like, I would go to that concert. That's it what was I, just such a vibe. I literally went down, I was like, I would go to the Paradise. This seems like a really fucking fun show that they're putting on before the, the death. <laughs> there's, Ooh. like, German expressionism. There's rock and roll. There's Beef. <laughs> You just don't know about what's going on behind the scenes. But if you're just in that audience, like, you're having a great time. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just... That was a lot of fun. I have, I loved it. I'm glad. I was like, after what we just... I don't know what the fuck we just watched. But <laughs> um, Criterion win this movie, dude, honestly. Honestly. I mean... I'm surprised some of the Diploma movies that have Criterion, so why the fuck not this movie? <laughs> why I don't not? Know, I don't know what kind of restoration it's gotten, if any. It's been re-released on Blu-ray, I know yeah, that much, yeah, know so, that. but, like, but, like, will it be, it's it, speaking of re-release on Blu-ray, sorry, it just reminded yeah. me, uh, where is our re-release, remastered, uh, Dead Alive, Peter Jackson, where is it? I've been waiting oh, for, like, dude. three years now. Three, four like, years now. It's like a white whale, I feel like. That's like the reanimator, the musical cast recording release. Like, that's just, it's just, I'm giving up. I'm it's just, what? They brought, tangent time, they fucking recorded it years ago. Never released it. I don't know what's going on. Why? Stuart Gordon's dead. What have we done? <laughs> Anyways, uh... <laughs> I just think about reanimating the musical a lot. Do you think, like, a live show of this would ever work? Like, an adaptation? Or would you just be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I think in the right hands, I think it could work. Mm -hmm. um, definitely would have to sim simplify down some of the stuff going on. But I think I think it could work. They've even mentioned in, like, uh, there was an article released in 2014 in the New York Times where they had... Uh, talked about it as a possible like oh. on stage thing um because there at that time Guillermo del Toro was uh doing a possible idea of a Pan's Labyrinth uh musical oh um, yeah and <laughs> uh, he thinks it's uh, uh Williams thinks that it's like it's a great idea he'd like to see it done um <gasps> So I was just, I'm like, hey, maybe get that kind of approval. Like, he, you almost kind of have to do it. Well, Paul, so, like, yeah. Oh, my God. If Paul's in, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's spice up the Tony I'm... Awards here with life at last and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently, um, the there's been led to talks of, like, comic books and, like, remakes and stage adaptions, mm. like, from both Europe and the States because it's, like, been really popular overseas, too. Okay. Um, that and makes sense. It's something like that crazy. Something that's like heightened and elaborate. It would make sense for that. Like if it's, when you, <laughs> it's so fucking wild. Like I, I get that. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about a remake, but definitely a stage adaptation. I'd be down yeah. for. 
Especially if Williams is involved. I don't know who the hell you'd cast. Just let him keep playing Swan. <laughs> let him... Play it. <laughs> They're like, oh, he still looks like he's in high school. Does he? Does he? <laughs> Does he? <laughs> God. God, it could have been Mick Jagger. Like, oof. Uh, oh, in Think the movie? Yeah. They wanted to cast Mick Jagger? <laughs> Originally. I like that yeah. it's Paul. I like... <laughs> I know. It's so I, I agree. I'm glad it's Paul. It's so ironic that he's this guy that's stealing everyone's music, but this is his music. Like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little, little treat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Good. I'm glad. Love it. Um, so I was able to find some, I talked, I found some stuff about not so much studios stealing artists' music, but I did find uh, articles of musicians who have been accused of stealing music from Ooh. other tracks. So this is for that one. So dude, it's like, it's our real events. So, Yay. Um, the number one of, that comes in at this one is the Beatles come together. Um, cause he was, uh, cause John Lennon was hit with a lawsuit for plagiarizing Chuck Berry's You Can't Catch Me. Hmm. Um, yeah. And cause he wrote it obscurely around an old Chuck Berry thing. That's, that wasn't enough. There's also the Viva La Vida song by Coldplay. He was, they were sued by a man named Joe Satriani cause he wrote a song in 2004 called If I Could Fly. And the... I was not happy about it, and they apparently it sounds like very similar. Um, but the court dismissed the case, and there was a financial settlement that reached the two parties. Apparently, Taylor Swift also got hit with a lawsuit for a song. Jesse Braham sued Swift for twenty-two million dollars for alleged plagiarism of his two thousand thirteen song "Haters Gonna Hate." Um, her hook has the same. Apparently, she is currently in the process of trademarking some of the lyrics from the hit, including this sick beat. And finally, we also have uh, Lady Gaga. She got hit with a, a accused of plagiarizing by a Chicago artist named Rebecca Franceschiata's 1990s song Judah. What, for Judas or something? <laughs> yeah. But the judge on the case was uh, concluding that the two songs are not substantially similar. Other than the titles, the songs had four similar 16th notes, so it was not enough for the case mm. to hold, so it was dismissed. Period. Um, period. That's that on Judith. That is that on that. If you're gonna try to accuse someone, okay, like, I, I'm all for, like, getting your credit, but if you're gonna try to, if you're gonna accuse someone of plagiarism, you're gonna go with, like, one of the most talented songwriters on earth, Lady Gaga, like, and, and Taylor Swift. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck John Lennon. I don't care what you sue his ass on. I don't care. <laughs> I'm a homie to John Lennon. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's also interesting, though, is I did want to mention in the music of Phantom of the Paradise is that uh, the Daft Punk duo also said that they've seen this, the movie at least 20 times. And oh. if you look at their outfits, it's very inspired by the... Uh, by, uh, Winslow's outfit, because mostly all black, shiny helmets, that makes kind sense. of thing like that. And, and also, uh, out of the blue, 
didn't know this shit. Uh, Gerard Way was also inspired by this film mm. as well. I'm like, but that also kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, he thought about the film all the time and its message of sacrificing integrity in order to reach more people. Yeah. Um, I was just like, uh, yeah, I, it, that actually tracks. <laughs> that tracks. Um, one of the most interesting things I think about this film, because remember when he was in the setup for recording his music after he did the contract with Swan? Yeah. And it's like all these machines around him and like a synthesizer. Uh, it's actually like the synthesizer. It's called Tonto. It stands for the original New Timbrel Orchestra. Um, it's been utilized in a lot of famous song, uh, including like the riff in Stevie Wonder's Superstition. It's in a whole bunch of hits in the 70s. Um, if you listen to any song, there's a pretty good chance you'll hear it. It's probably one of the most important instruments ever made, and so that's, like, what he's sitting in the middle of oh. in that studio, which is, I think, really kind of cool. That it's like that, That's what influenced a lot of music in the 70s at that time. So that's a real studio that he's sitting in? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. That's, that's I mean, what that's, the synthesizer looks like. I thought it was just a great-looking set, because, I, I mean, the, we haven't mentioned it, but, like, the, there's incredible design elements in this, like, both the set design and, like, you mentioned the costumes, but I just thought... I thought that said piece specifically. I'm like, this looks so 70s, so specific. And then to now know that it's an actual working studio. Awesome. <laughs> oh, and also that's Paul Williams' voice when he's singing, like, as when blows yeah. through the... Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Did you, uh, you... This is only your first watch, so I don't know if you noticed, like... If you did notice, like, the progression of Winslow's music and how they, like, quote-unquote, like, bastardize it or change it for, for popularity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, both with, like... Very, very big bastardization the, like, up, going on The, like, upholstery song. <laughs> Carburetors, man! Not only that, but, like, it took me... Up until recently to realize that, like, um... What are they... What's it called? Like, somebody's super like you. What they're singing before Beep's entrance. Like, that part... Is the same, like, what would you say, like, chord progression or whatever as the Phantoms theme, the thing that, that there's, like, a totally different song, but it's the same, it's the same chord progression, yeah. and you're like, holy fuck, like, once I realized that, I was like, oh my god, like, cause it, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot more subtle, th um, than, um, oh fuck, I'm forgetting the, the names of the songs now, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, anyways, and then, of course, like, Life at Last, is codes into old souls, which I guess Phoenix, Phoenix, you know, makes the choice to sing the original part. Yeah. Because she yeah. believes in the music. Oh, what a fucking song. What a, what a voice. I love the soundtrack to this. Anyway, that, that became another change. It's so good. Download it. You'll, it. It'll be in rotation. Whenever I'm in the car with my mom and don't know what to play, we'll just play that. <laughs> it's good driving music. Oh. Important yes, info fact yes. I found about the the Tonto Studio. It's the record plant. So that was yeah, that was an actual recording studio mm -hmm. that you can actually visit, and any <gasps> artist can still use it. Um, Let's go. It's a huge, <laughs> custom built Moog electric synthesizer. Um, it's on permanent exhibit at the National Music Center in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So you you can go see it, and it's still in use probably today. So I love that. I love that. Canada. Canada. Oh, that's awesome. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I like that uh, they nearly got sued by uh, Led Zeppelin's record label because their record label is called Swang Song uh, Enterprises or something. (laughs) And so they had to change it to Death Records, which I think is actually a lot better with, like, the dead bird on it. Like, I I think that's even better, honestly. Yeah, I used to have a shirt with that on it. (laughs) Oh. Brian De Palma was like, I don't want to talk about this movie. And Guillermo del Toro comes well, up to him with like a CD <laughs> of the record of the of the movie. And he's like, can you sign this? Me. <laughs> like it's so so many of his of the movies. I just because he's so hit or miss. Just because like he's so extra as a director. I don't know how else to describe it. That, like, most of the time I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? But I just love it here. I just think it works. And maybe maybe it's Paul Williams, uh, like, footprint on it and everything that makes it better. I don't know. Um, or that it just works with the metaphor that it, in the story that it's trying to tell. Also, uh, I should mm-hmm. point, like, you watch it now in a 2022 lens and, like, Phoenix is barely a character, it's worth pointing out. She is pretty much a prop. Jessica Harper definitely brings a lot to it that's not there to the material and, you know, what a voice, as we know, but definitely, like, a a prop for the two guys in this. It should be worth mentioning. Even though it's a great department. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not the most effective, the most offensive uh, female character in a department movie, though, so there's that. No. Or or Um, portrayal. yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah, if this was made to like a stage adaption, definitely would like to yes. give her character a little bit more mm-hmm. in in it. But yeah, honestly, not not the yeah. worst. Yeah, because you think about like, um, not the book specifically, but like the musical of Phantom of the Opera. A lot of it is from Christine's perspective, and she's the Christine part here. And this is really Winslow's story more, which is fine. But <laughs> I just think it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a modern stage adaptation could definitely flesh her out more. I think that'd be great. Okay. But, but who would play Beef? Here's my segue. Here's my... <laughs> who? Yeah, that's the real question. <laughs> God, who who the fuck would play Beef? I don't even... Oh. But so, anyways, so I, that's the main like, is it gay of this? buy all your murder weapons at Home Depot? Got you, Movie are just like, I, I think he's, Beef is definitely like the queerest element of this. He brings in this like, because mid 70s modern like glam rock to it all. So there's like gender fuckery going on. He has a more like a <laughs> feminine voice. Um, he literally, okay, when Black Pete first started talking in um, Our Flag Means Death, I was like, he sounds like Beef. <laughs> like, am I wrong? But, um, and Garrett Graham is just so fucking funny in this. Um, uh, I took my brother to see this one time. He hadn't seen it. He only knew Garrett Graham from, like, Child's Play 2 and, like, used cars and stuff. Like, he didn't always, he didn't usually play characters like this. And so, when, when everyone in the theater started applauding for his name, George was like, oh my god, why the, wow, finally people are applauding for Garrett Graham. And I'm like, you'll see why. This is fucking beef. <laughs> God. Beef with the picture of himself in his dressing room and like, the vanity of it all. And, oh my god. <laughs> Can't wait to watch used cars again with my dad and just have that mental image. <laughs> like, that's beef! 
Poor Beef tried to get out when the getting was good. Like, you know, oh, he yeah. faced the danger. He was like, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got a blast. R.I.P. <laughs> Yeah, I don't just know. have him like stunned in the musical. It's just like he can't perform anymore. Please. He's gotta go. Please, we gotta save beef. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um. Uh, that's. Man. But that's, is it is it gay? Well. Oh. <laughs> beef seemed to be more of just like this fluid character in all aspects, and this was the seventh. This this is pre Rocky Horror, like I'm saying. So right afterwards, we get Frankenfurter, which is just like fuck subtext or like this is context you know um but i i just definitely thought it was worth like mentioning like but but i think that all does come into the like glam rock of it all because there was a lot of fluidity in that when you think about it like the makeup and the long hair and the like these weren't fucking heels and stuff and (laughs) yeah um (laughs) the only other like queer element in this is like the the weird not even casting couch the bed where like ev- all the girls are just like making out for swan and shit <laughs> like, okay um oh i also just wrote down gnc winslow leech <laughs> <laughs> like pre-record <laughs> press <laughs> he's in drag at one point i mean th- there's definitely there's definitely queer elements here worth mentioning <laughs> Mm-hmm. Get this F slur out of here, you know. Great, great time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anything else? The drama you're... of it all. What? Like it's just like how Winslow's just very dramatic, in my opinion. Oh, Winslow's like... so dramatic. Are you kidding me? It's... I love it. It's great. Swan stole my music and framed me. Like. <laughs> God. I would say yeah for the pride. <laughs> yeah. Yes, fuck. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. I, I hope I picked. I was glad I picked some. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Your Winslow yeah. Leach looks GNC as fuck. You're insane. <laughs> you're insane. <laughs> Paul Williams, you're insane. <laughs> oh god. But there's also that like kind of almost homoerotic scene where like he's watching. Like, uh, Swan knows that Winslow's watching and seems to, like, kind of yeah. be getting off on it. You're like, what's going on here? Um, Hello? Yeah. Oh, well, police! Help! God. But anyways, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad it was gay yes. enough for Pride. I just, I couldn't believe we hadn't done it before. I also, I at some point wanted to show Joel Schumacher's Phantom of the Opera, which is why I might have avoided this beforehand, but hey, that's a totally different ballgame. <laughs> Joel Schumacher! <laughs> Joel Schumacher! Yeah. So put that one on the back burner. <laughs> and that. We can... so, any, any final thoughts that you'd like to give anybody that hasn't seen this? Uh, I mean, before. just that going in, I guess, I, I always forget to tell people there might be some, like, triggering elements to it, um, so just, like, be aware of that, um, and also that, I mean, I've mentioned before that this was made in the 70s, so there's, it's not gonna be a very PC, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a great time, I think, I think it's very elevated, very camp, very fun, bitchin' soundtrack, like, I, I really do think that 
Paul Williams' involvement in this might be, like, why it's so elegant in its absurdity, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. I about you. Kind of like John, like how uh, <clears throat> Steven Spielberg said, saying that Jaws would not be half as popular if it wasn't for John Williams' music. Well, yeah. I feel like that's... And that's facts. That's, yeah. That's facts. facts. Say that. Like, I... <laughs> I just think it's such a... I think even... Just, like, even if it was made in the 70s and all that stuff going in, it's still a really fun movie, and just, it's got a great set going on. I love, like, how, like, dramatic all the sets are, Mm -hmm. and just, like, even the outside staircase, it gets utilized more than once. Like, when Beef is coming down, like, gotta get the hell out of here. Should have gone, Beef, should have gone. I don't know. And then, also, I, I like the reference. There's, like, a there's a Frankenstein reference in there that I really liked. I thought that was Oh, yeah, the whole, fun. like, life at last thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I've watched that so. fucking show. That was a cool show. <laughs> they got people with giant it's, it's scissors sewing them up. Yeah, good times. Heck, yeah. Good. I think, you'll, I think people will have a lot of fun with it. It's not even really that scary. Oh, no, I just wanted to do it. I guess I, I still consider it horror. It's like gothic horror. It's still yeah. It's still horror. Like I love the I love the poster that they made. He sold his soul for rock and roll. And yeah. It's got Winslow on the cover of. Uh, it's it's so fun. I I want that poster honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. So shall we begin our wind down? Sure. I can I can, <laughs> I can go. Did I had I seen Watcher last month? By the time we recorded. I don't think, I don't remember you mentioning it. Okay, okay. So, there's this movie called Watcher. It was fucking awesome with Michael Monroe. Um, and Burn Gorman is a creepy, creepy, creepy man. Basically, this, Michael Monroe is this woman who moves to Romania with her, either husband or boyfriend. I don't think it's ever explicitly stated. But anyway. And so, he's at work all the time, and she's just feeling very, like, alone and isolated. And, in, 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 you know, in this country where she's learning the language, which I'm like, good for her, but doesn't speak it yet, isn't fluent. So, she's this outsider and... In the meantime, there's this guy across the street in his window that's just staring at her. And it turns into, she starts seeing him, he's showing up and, like, stalking her in the neighborhood and stuff. And she just starts to think it's, like, a real problem and no one really takes it seriously. And uh, the movie's like, mm. maybe you should. Um, it's, like, a huge slow burn. The ending fucking rips. I saw it at Beyond Fest at the Arrow. We were all just, like, hooting and hollering. Um, so, <laughs> and I think that's, like, available to the public now at this point. So I just thought I'd mention that. Um... Nice. Horror-wise, too, I saw I saw John Waters' double feature, where polyester's in horror, but Serial Mom, I feel like, is in that category, and I hadn't seen Serial Mom, and it, it fucking rips. The, um, <laughs> Kathleen Turner's a, a serial killer mother. It's, it's all in the name. Um, these aren't <clears throat> horror, but uh, Fire Island's out. Go watch Fire Island. Very gay. Um, I, yes. I, I watched the original Star Wars Born with Frederick March and I like knew it would ruin me and yet I still did it because I'm stupid. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking stupid and that... Uh, the other... Okay, so the main thing going on right now is I, uh, the last episode of Kenobi just aired today and I watched it and I'm like going like, whoa, like doing backflips. Like, have you watched it at all? <laughs> or are you going to? I've seen my... Fr- I've seen like stuff about it mm-hmm. uh, online and from friends and stuff so I know what's going on. I'm... So I'm just like, yeah, love it. It makes me want to rewatch the prequels. Good for him. I know. I'm like, oh, like, what all of those, like, 
nerdy dudes with all their 80s nostalgia like I finally get it like the second I see like Hayden Cringe and Ewan McGregor together I'm like oh my god I get it Ah! I'm the annoying nerd now (laughs) this is my nostalgia you can't take it from me (laughs) but like but like the the story that they chose to tell like the timing of it and the way it's executed like I think Deborah Chow's fucking great I I just think it's a very solid little series that tugged at my nostalgic heartstrings but also is just like well made and there's a little baby princess Leia she's so cute it's just she's so tiny just a little I don't know. she's little and sassy and I think I hope Carrie Fisher would be proud because like there's so many moments where, oh. like there was a moment even in the finale where like you think it's gonna be like too cheesy and then it like swerves and you're like yeah that's Leia fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, we brought we got back Joel Ledgerton. That's the most important thing. Um, oh, and my my Inquisitor Reva's my wife, and any racist ass <laughs> that bothers her, that bothers Moses Ingram, has to catch these hands because, of course, a, a, just a, a black person existing in Star Wars is political, apparently, as usual. So she's been getting a lot of horse shit. Um, but she might be, she's apparently might be getting a spinoff, and I'm like, yeah, wife, Woo! wife, wife. wife. I was literally, like, talking about her, like, Wife City uh, to my roommate uh, as I'm watching the episode where she, like, kidnaps a child. And I'm like, it's okay, Wife City. Women's wrongs. <laughs> I support women's wrongs. Anyways, that's what I've been up to. God. Oh, and I saw Reese Darby <laughs> do stand-up. That was great. Ooh. Your shirt reminded I... me. <laughs> I'm glad I'm wearing my gay shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like your pride shirt is just literally like, do you know the amount of people multiple people at dyke day wearing that multiple people at pride wearing that and of course many people at the reese darby i always want to say concert it wasn't a stand-up show wearing that we're all just like we're just a bunch of fucking gay nerds here selling out this man's <laughs> show <laughs> like the audience vibes were so good <laughs> The guy working there was like, I don't know what it is about this man that just brings the coolest people. We're all like, yeah! (laughs) God. I'm so glad. Um, So, since uh, we last did uh, our episode, I watched the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie. Oh! uh, That was produced by Guillermo del Toro. And, yeah. It's, it's a good one to turn on, uh, just kind of have on the background to watch. I liked the way they adapted some of the characters from the original scary stories um, into actual, like, 3D, um, mm-hmm. peop- like, interesting concept characters. There might be a sequel. They don't, I don't know yet if that's still going oh. or not, but um, I wouldn't mind it having a sequel, but I, I would want them to be careful with it because don't, don't fuck up what got me... Uh, what made me into what I am today, <laughs> reading scary stories, tell in the dark at six years old, definitely did something to me, but that's okay. Um, and then I also watched, I uh, continued my AFI list with The Deer Hunter, uh, that's got um, Robert De Niro um, in it, and, oh, goodness gracious, who else Christopher Walken and Robert Duvall, I think? Christopher Walken. Is Robert Duvall in it? Did I make that up? Yeah, okay, and Owen Meryl Streep. Yes, Miss Meryl's dream. <laughs> yes, the dresser. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, wait, no, no, John Savage. Sorry, John Kazalin, John Savage, Robert Duvall's he was in another film I watched recently. Am I just thinking of The Godfather? Uh, Am I just making this up? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he could be there. <laughs> um, 
and then I watched the OG Godzilla, because um, okay. I've always wanted to uh, see it. I'd never seen him before, and Criterion has it, so I was watching it. Um, he wa- I-, I watched MASH, which Robert Duvall is in, okay. uh, yes. along with Donald Sutherland. True. Um, so I watched that, uh, and then after that I watched The Gold Rush, which is... Charlie Chaplin movie. Oh. Sort of him. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy! Uh, <laughs> fuck that guy, for real. Um, and then, of course, watched Blood for Dracula. And truly... Sowie! <laughs> Udo, Udo <laughs> Kier innocent, the rest of the movie not. That's all. Udo yeah, Kier slays. Go watch Agreed. Swan Song. Anyway. <laughs> and then, of course, Phantom of the Paradise uh, was the last latest thing I've been uh, watching. Um, I've also been watching The Sopranos and re-watching Breaking Bad. Um, and I'm trying to get my parents... I just, like, try to, like, hook them in with it. I'm, like, dragging them along <laughs> on the ride with it. Because they watched Ozark. And I'm like, okay, well, then you can watch Breaking Bad. And they're like, we don't know if it's our thing. And I'm like, you watched fucking Ozark. Why do... What does that have to... What do those have to do with the other... Well, they both have, like, families that are, like, drug-selling, okay. uh, money-laundering kind of stuff. And I thought, like, well, it's kind of in the same kind of lines. And they've never seen Breaking Bad, and mm. I was going to rewatch it. So I was like, hey, let's kill two birds, one stone. But I think I'm getting them more into it. Um, I did finish... Oh, fuck, I, I, did, I didn't put in all that jazz on my <gasps> list. Oh, my God. I'm a fucking what? terrible person. <laughs> that ain't that. That ain't that. Oh, my God. God. That's a film. I'm so glad. That is such a film. I can't believe I didn't log that. But yeah, no, I watched that real recently. Oh my God. Um, God bless Roy Scheider. I love him. And Jessica Lang and Ranking Leland Palmer. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. God. Oh, yeah, we just saw uh, Stan Mr. recently. Fossey. Oh, God. Oh. That ending, oh, man. So oh, my God. Woo. An ending. Yes. Look it up, kids. Um, Look it up. It's so good. <laughs> How dare you use my phone, my telephone, to call someone who's not gay. <laughs> what a legend. Um, and then I also, I finished the Fosse book by Sam Wasson. Um, oh, it was really good. Yeah. It's really detailed. Cool. Um, but it's, it's, it's so, so good. I highly recommend reading it. Um, and I watched like a few of like the like clips from movies that they mentioned that he was in, especially um, the Little Prince. Like it was like a live action edition ad- uh, adaption where he was like the snake. Oh yeah. Um, and he, I watched the Snake in the Grass segment from that, and I was like, those moves look really familiar. <laughs> and yeah, because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but he's also really entertaining in in film stuff and it's just so 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 good absolutely loved it um if you haven't watched it please watch all that jazz it's so good i have just that's that's all i can say it's so 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 good um but other than that that's what i've been up to besides working so that's me (laughs) great good good shit any final any final words? Just Any final happy Pride Month, y'all? It's almost over, but <laughs> we're gonna cling to this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every month is Pride enough if you're gay. Gay enough. All right. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, you can find yeah. me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. 
You can find me at LM Designs on Twitter, and you can find the podcast at Horror Time Pod on Twitter and Stop Horror Time Pod on Facebook. Uh, we're really good for people who want to know more about horror but just can't watch it. And if you guys like what we do, just give us kind of like a rating or share us to people who you think might enjoy the show just to kind of get us up and have more people see us, all that fun stuff. Um, so stay safe for Pride if you're going to any Pride events. Um, have mm-hmm. a good rest of the month, and we will see you guys in July, the Wrath Month, for our next episode. <laughs> Woo! Bye! Bye. Bye.